Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Hello there, Internet Wanderers. Welcome back to another episode of A Real Psych. I am Dr. J.D. Barton, and I am a licensed clinical psychologist. And I am Dr. Joanna Witkin, and I am a cognitive neuroscientist. Real Psych is your favorite podcast where we share our gorgeously thoughtful opinions on the psychological phenomena playing out in all of your favorite movies. J.D., will there be learning? Yeah! Will there be science? Yeah! Will there be delightfully informal, explorational, informational conceptualizations from two best friends who would be talking about this anyways? Joanna, have you ever listened to this podcast? That's what we do every week. <laughs> we would be talking about this anyways. We would be talking about this anyways. We do be talking about this we anyways. We do. <laughs> we do be talking. Uh, that's the thing about you and me. When in doubt, they do be talking. <laughs> uh, how are you doing, Joge? I am all right. We did have a <laughs> bit of a debrief before we We had a nice little preamble. Recording. We had a pre-brief. We had a pre-brief. That was more like me just bleh. Um, 34 weeks pregnant. Yeah, you are. And, you know, it's... It's, uh... They don't uh, lie about it being kind of hard, but they also <laughs> don't tell you lots of things. So um, I've been learning like lots, like of, lots things. of things you can't know until you're just like in it. For instance, what it feels like to be 34 weeks pregnant or like what <laughs> and it have feels a 70 like. pound dog. I have to walk, right. which is not in a city that like that was my kind of big challenge for today. My big workout. New York City, famous for 70 pound dogs. <laughs> Supporting pregnant women. Um, <laughs> yeah. At least it's cold out. Like, I feel like if it was the summer, and a lot of people say that, they're like, oh, like, you're lucky. It's like 
you know, if it was the summer, you'd be so uncomfortable. And I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty uncomfortable, (laughs) (laughs) but I I can imagine. Yeah. Like it could be worse. Sure. I guess. Yeah. Riding the subway (laughs) when you get on the one subway car that doesn't have air conditioning and like you realize no one has one empty. No one has gotten (laughs) up for me on the subway. Since I've been pregnant, but I you should I, do a viral video where you yell at every single person <laughs> for staying sitting. That sounds like me. Um, I blame, but you should put like, on like a funny like Muppets accent or something. Just be like, <laughs> "Why isn't anyone getting up? I'm so upset." <laughs> just see, <laughs> just wait. It'd be a great way to get honestly more listeners for the podcast. Actually, like in New York City, that's like just. You know, your average subway rider. I I have to get home <laughs> and record a podcast. Could you, sure I'm you so do, tired. sweetie. I work in the city and Sigourney Weaver steals my ideas and my boyfriend, Harrison Ford, doesn't believe me. Just slowly sharing the plot to Working Girl. <laughs> oh, what a good movie. Good choice. Yeah, listen. Listen, maybe next time I'll choose Working Girl. I will not. Yeah. I will not choose Working Girl. I there's too much to not talk about there <laughs> more than we could talk about. I feel. Like. I know. Ooh, this is somebody told me a movie to do last night, and I was like, "That's such a good idea," and I've immediately forgotten it. But good news, I don't have to pick <laughs> the movie this week, so I have a week to figure it out. You do, and I did pick the movie this week, and I actually did pick it. Yeah, you did. Oh, <laughs> P.S. Y'all, I know we've been really inconsistent with the days that these episodes are dropping. Yeah. Here's the truth: we're both two people with real jobs. <laughs> there are Sorry. just weeks where one of us is not feeling well, and when somebody's not feeling well, we don't have a producer to like wrangle things, so we get it done. And I want you to know, every episode is coming to you ASAP. That yes, is how it as works. As soon as possible, for sure. Which is like, why it's so important that you hit that subscribe button. I do want to say because <laughs> and like hit the alerts button. It will tell yeah. you when a new one drops. Yeah. Uh yeah. and and that is right now the best we can do. She's 34 weeks pregnant. I'm trying You're starting to a be business. An independent <laughs> psychologist. Yeah. And it's a lot of work and a lot of time. Do you know, Joanna? I had 25 therapy appointments this week. That is wild. Yeah. That is wild. Because that's not 25 hours of work. I think it should be stated, right? It is a more than 25 hours of work. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's about about 35 hours of work, probably. So it's still not a full, 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 full week. But it's also like, y'all need to understand, when you're an individual therapist or a group therapist, particularly when you're an individual therapist, it means you need to give your undivided attention. For yeah. That like you need to be meeting. on. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. My brain is really tired. Sometimes somebody actually recently was the first person I think to really get it right off the bat. Most people, when I say I'm a therapist, they'll say like, Oh, isn't it so hard? Don't you have trouble feeling like empathy or or listening to people or like whatever. And I'm like, no. And I had somebody, I think last weekend who was like, doesn't your brain just get tired of like having to focus? And I was like, yes, (laughs) that's the thing. (laughs) That's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing. So I really have to limit like how many people I can see in a day because like, I won't be, I won't be a great therapist. (laughs) 
Yeah, and so, you want to like give everyone the, the same yeah, quality exactly. of so of care. just know if anybody's listening and I have been your therapist or uh you're thinking of having me as a therapist, <laughs> I am very mindful about how many people I schedule in a day. And I won't. So if I tell you I won't work past a certain hour, it's not just boundaries. It's actually that I'll be bad at my job. Yeah. It is boundaries because I need to, you know, end my work day at some point. But it's that I'm not I'm not as good at it. Yeah, after. it's knowing your limits, which yeah. is good for everyone. Yeah. And it means that if I'm offering something, then I'm actually mentally available to do that thing. Exactly. Unless somebody wants to come out and be like, offer me $10,000 an hour for therapy, in which case I'd do that at 3 a.m. <laughs> they get and you know what? They get a little better care. I'll clear my day. <laughs> I'll wake up. I'll wake up at midnight so that yeah. I am ready to go for you yeah. for 10K an hour. That is, you heard it here first. You heard it here first. Listen, <laughs> if somebody has really bonkers health insurance, let's do that. <laughs> Should we talk about this movie rather than yeah, just sit there and walk everybody through the process of how I choose how much therapy I do? <laughs> um, yeah, let's talk about this movie. Election. Let's talk about this movie. Election. This movie was suggested to me and it was one of the few times that I was like, yeah, done. Absolutely. Immediately. I have to do that movie. Sometimes that is such a thing like where someone will suggest a movie and I'm like, and yes, that's and it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It was a really nice uh, suggestion by my sister. And uh, and I was like, done. 100%. Because it's so different from any of the movies we've done before. I've, I've thought about this movie, doing this movie. Uh, it's because it, it, yeah, it gets at like an interesting kind of thing that we haven't talked before, uh, talked about before, but it also, um, I don't know. I will say like, did I enjoy watching this movie? It's a tough one to watch, to be honest. Nah, yeah. Is, like, yeah, it's uncomfortable for, yeah. for many reasons. It's supposed to be right. Like even things right. and we'll talk through plots and things, but even things like the, the bee sting on his eye at the end, like it, it gets harder and harder to look at this movie in mm -hmm. so many ways. Yeah. MTV and, Studios too, which was like, oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that either. I was like, okay. But also like it was at a time of like young Reese Witherspoon post. This was post uh, Cruel Intentions. Was it? I think Cruel Intentions was 98. Did I make that up? It might be. It's within a year or two. Yeah. It's definitely around the, the same it's, time. It's very, it's in a very close proximity. Um. But this movie is like seminal, right? Like it's just like a film. Yeah, everybody's exists. heard of it and like everybody's knows, heard of it. Yeah. It is the reference for yeah. this kind of concept, for this kind of character in a lot of ways, too. Like the the Tracy um, the Flick, Tracy Flick archetype. You know, archetype. I didn't realize, you know, in the pilot of Glee, Rachel Berry signs her name with a star. Uh, she mm. puts a star at the end of mm -hmm. every Rachel Berry, and she's like, it's a metaphor. And does it. And and people compared that Rachel Berry character to Tracy Flick. And I didn't realize how on the nose that was. And I think yeah. I would assume it's such an obvious thing that I would assume it's a it's a tribute and a reference. Like if that if that girl I mean, was in the arts. Did that right? Which that girl was, you know, I knew I knew a lot of Tracy Flicks in the arts. Oh yeah. Um I actually uh was I actually was student council president. This is an actual <laughs> fact about me. <laughs> And I'm not kidding. We, um, I ran against someone who listened. If you're out there listening, we knew each other for many years, had incredible experiences together, worked together from kindergarten all the way through senior year on things. 
but there were two of us that were freshman, sophomore, junior year on student council. So when junior year came and we were running for um, student council president, I was like, hey, let's be co-presidents. And she said to me, and again, I love you if you're here, if you're listening to this. But she said to me, no, I don't want to do that because then one of us would do all the work and you would just sit there. (laughs) And I said, okay, I guess we'll run against each other. And we ran against each other. She ran for two positions. Um, I only ran for one. I won. And then she... Did she win the other one? Mm Mm-mm. She won neither of them? And then she went to... I don't want to give too much identifying information here. She had the ability to uh, pull some strings and have the uh, demanded a revote because she felt like she split her vote by being in two positions. So then we revoted and she once again got no positions. <gasps> and it was like it was a it was kind of like this. Yeah, she's a very high achieving person. She's she continued to be a high achieving person. She's uh, and, and honestly, in the. 15, like 15 years, I guess, six, 16 years. Yeah. 13 years math. She was better at math than me. Um, <laughs> you know, we met when we were five years old and five to 18, like I, this is the only bad experience I had with this person. She was lovely. She was also like very, very, very high achieving, very proactively like focused. So watching wow. this movie is such like flashbacks for me because I was the like friendly like musical theater you guy were, who was like, like I'll, I'd love to help put on the homecoming dance. And I'd love to oh like, I, I was homecoming king. Like I had, like I was the like Chris Klein. In yeah. The thing, except I wasn't, uh, I wasn't having sex with anyone. Which <laughs> <So, laughs> is different. I wasn't quite so, you know, I mean, Chris, and silly. Chris Klein. So just like spoiler alert to the research, like I don't have anything on Chris Klein or his character, but Same. I, I loved it so much because he's so well cast he's so good at being this guy who is so sweet and so like so sweet likable so like you just he loves everybody there's literally nothing and we all know guys like this like yeah totally my favorite line of his though that just like it's so perfect is when they're all praying yeah and he is like you know god forgive me for my sins whatever they may be <laughs> which just is like it's exactly like just all of the intention and yeah. and the like just the desire to to do the right thing but not also investigate any further if he's actually you know doing the right thing all the time or yeah. like you know things just happen to, i'm so lucky like things happen to work out for me and uh, it's just like so such a good like character yeah the, i the just love that, that kills line me is when he's like ah oh, i was so mad at god after because <laughs> <laughs> that is the kind of stuff that again i also was really like christian through most yeah. of school um by the time well, this is the mid- around, this is around the i was midwest, stepping right? away this is the the midwest this is nebraska yeah so that's like yeah so michigan you were, nebraska right? <laughs> um yeah, but I think like this movie works because these tropes like exist Very for relatable. a reason. Yeah, like these characters exist. We know, right? Even we know just them. the like the one like, and he's always the social studies teacher, right? The like mm-hmm. social studies and like government teacher who's just like a solid dude who yeah. like is teacher of the year, 
and he really like cares and he really like works hard and he's like invested in the community. And so like this, this film like really just brings such like a raw, arable humanity. Like he is fallible. He makes mistakes. I mean, it's really a movie about him and his total downward spiral. And of course, Tracy Flick is Reese Witherspoon or Reese Witherspoon is Tracy Flick. Should we tell everybody what happens in this movie? Yeah, let's go over it. There's there's like kind of a lot. There's kind of a lot. We won't go in too deep because y'all this movie is on Amazon Prime. Watch this movie. It is. I think I watched it on Paramount Plus. Oh, it's but there yeah, too, it's on probably. both. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it makes sense because it's an MTV film that it'd be on Paramount. Mm-hmm. Um, there you go. So in this film, we we have to the two sort of well, there's three main 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 characters matthew broderick Mm -hmm. teacher of the year three of the 12 years that he's been a teacher or 13 years that he's been a teacher at the school what's his name what's his name in this movie i completely just blanked on it mr something yeah mr something mr something uh uh, chris klein is paul metzler which is mm-hmm. like, y'all, anybody from the Midwest, you went to school with somebody named Paul Metzler or something <laughs> like that. Listen, we all did. Yeah. We all did. There were Michael Glowskis and like these like names of like, yeah, of course. Oh, you yeah. Did. yeah. 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 Um, anyways, uh, and Tracy Flick, played by Reese Witherspoon, mm-hmm. who if y'all don't already love Reese Witherspoon. Oh, my God. She is. And this is only four years before she filmed Legally Blonde, where she plays yeah, which is wild. Yeah. a completely different character with the same level of commitment. Mm-hmm. Reese Witherspoon is so talented. It's just a star. She's a star in this. She's crazy. Just, yeah. And both of these roles, I do think, and like especially the way that these roles have aged, Tracy Flick and Elle Woods both deserved Oscar nominations. Like the quality of acting that she is giving in both of these. I know it's not, we, listen, we pump up J-Lo a lot. We pump up like <laughs> a, a lot of people. We pump up Lindsay Lohan a lot. We pump up a lot of people. Reese Witherspoon. But like is, for real. Yeah. We're like for real, for real, for real. And listen, we are for real, for real about J-Lo. Like we're not, yeah. let's not, we're not listen, kidding. J-Lo, we know you listen. <laughs> we don't want to take anything away yeah. from you. Yeah. We're saying J-Lo is a star and we're obsessed with her being a star. Reese Witherspoon is giving a masterclass on this character who I do not think Reese Witherspoon resembles in any way. I also don't think Reese Witherspoon resembles Elle Woods. Mm. Um, Jennifer Lopez as the love interest. Like I'm interested in loving Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. So yeah. Believable. Anyways, once again, we got back to J-Lo. <laughs> So they're at this high school in Nebraska, in Lincoln or Omaha, one of the two. Yeah, one um, of them. And Tracy Flick is running for uh, student council president. And she sets up, there's this gorgeous like setup in this thing where she's like getting her table ready. And she is ready by like 6.30 in the morning to get her signatures for student this council. This is her president. destiny. This is her destiny. Mm-hmm. That's right. This is her destiny. Greatness. She's, she's the daughter of a single mother who like, mm-hmm. you know, feels like she has unrealized Flight dreams. There's, yeah. There's a lot of pressure on this daughter to kind of fulfill the unrealized dreams of her mother, but she's like fully bought and believes this is what she's destined to do. And, you know, is not really, it just seems so passionate, so ambitious, so focused on her goals. Yeah. It's like, okay, this this girl's she's show she's showing up. 
She's ready to go. She's showing up. She is so hyper-focused on her own success, Mm -hmm. her own potential, her own future. Um, We've all known this girl, right? Like Mm -hmm. we've all known this girl. And the thing that, that I think about Tracy Flick that's actually so likable is you learn very early on. She doesn't have a lot of friends Mm -hmm. and she is not bothered by that fact. Like she is so focused on where she needs to go that like, she's not concerned about being liked or being likable. And it also doesn't come from a place. It doesn't seem like it comes from a place of antagonism from dislike of Mm -hmm. the community. It's that she's like, my job is to show up and be a student and ace that and then go home. And she's got a lot of like, she's competitive because she wants to be successful, but I don't actually think she's competitive from like a belittling standpoint. Right. Um, No, I think she just knows where she's going and she is like very focused on getting there and will do what she needs to do to, to get there. If that means it's, you know, yeah. Hurting other people. Like I think she, There are some trade-offs there. Yeah. And so we find out very early on that in the last year of school, Tracy uh, ended up having uh, an inappropriate relationship with the teacher who was was in charge of the yearbook. And like it was that is that was a a part that was like particularly hard to watch because I think they brushed over it so much when it like I don't know. I don't know what plot point that was serving, to be honest with you, because I just and again, that was something that I did not even go there, like with research wise or anything. But you see, this teacher was like very intentionally grooming her. And then, but then was like in love with her, which right. I was like, were they trying to make him more sympathetic or like, but then, you know, it didn't get out. Like the student body didn't really know about it. Just the Matthew Broderick character knew and about the, it. And the principal, yeah. And the principal and the, you know, the teacher got fired when it was uh, found out by Tracy Flick's mother, like a love note. But right. like it, I don't understand kind of the purpose that that served besides like making, I guess it's motivation for Matthew Broderick's character to have some res- like yeah, misogynistic it's hatred for her. Broderick's- Best friend. Best friend, yeah. And, you know, who was his married, best friend had a and baby. his wife and Matthew Broderick and Matthew Broderick's wife, you know, were couple friends and these two guys worked together and they were best friends. And I, I think that I think this is written in a very specific way where I agree this is grooming. This is an exploitative relationship. This is assault, right? I yeah. mean, she's maybe 16 which in this state may be within the laws of consent is is it's murky it's state Mm -hmm. to state and i'm not i'm certainly not sure what the laws in 1999 in nebraska were to be honest i have a feeling that this was within the the law the the legal like age of consent it's also hard to know how old this teacher was it's it's weird high school teachers are often like only six years older or like four years older than the students which is like a weird vibe so I don't know the the age gap. And and in California, I know this is on the like psych licensing exams as a mandated reporter, that like there are age, there, there's like a weird chart of whether things are okay. So like there are different rules for like, uh, if you're, if you're 16 years old, like there are rules for the, there's an age range of who you can sort of legally engage in sex with and the kinds of sex uh, vary. Um it's not great, right? All of this yeah. is moral relativism. It's these weird arbitrary lines, which again, this is not me saying like, oh, everybody should, you know, be, a-. this is me saying anytime you're drawing lines of like this age is okay. And this is not, and actually 
if y'all want to hear a much more in-depth conversation about this, go back and listen to uh, Call Me By Your Name, where we talk mm-hmm. quite a bit about a, a 16 to 24-year age gap, um, 16 or 17, uh, and that right. relationship. So they work really hard to show that Tracy uh, does not feel exploited by this relationship, but also that she did not fall romantically in love with this man. She right. She enjoyed what she got, which again is a weird tone and yeah. also like possible, I suppose. So not good. I certainly like right. the relationship, particularly the relationship where he holds power over her, right? The reason call me by your name, we really fell into a place of like, uh, he's got support and and he's not like in a place of power over him. So it's not therefore exploitative or disproportionately like, I mean, weighed. yeah, and it's in definitely... this case, he is her teacher and she is an a like an overachieving student. So in that case, I think this is absolutely grooming and exploitation. There we go. Like, yeah, it it is. I I will also say as like someone who's uh like high school right now, there are like five or six teachers who are under investigation oh, for through yes like, for the last. I mean, since I was in middle school, I had there were middle school teachers that I had that were. This just came out with my with, their students. with my high school. Like it just came out because there was one teacher, and it was like the normalization of it. I think is what this movie highlights kind of because it's around the same time of like when I was starting our like, you know, sort of, it was a little bit before, but like, you know, around the time I was in high school and this was like, yep, we know that teacher stay like, don't get, you know, don't be alone with him in the hall or like go to his after school hour, you know, like don't be alone with that teacher. But, and there was multiple of them that you had to avoid. And it was also like the, the normalization of like I don't know that Tracy Flick had the vocabulary, the language, the capacity to know to have any like feelings about it. Yeah, and, you know that that like maybe she didn't feel exploited at the time because she rationalized it because she's so so focused on her career. And I, you see at the end where she's with that senator yeah. or some congress, and you see this pattern of kind of maybe history repeating itself. This like, um maybe she has normalized that kind of treatment or or some route that she thinks can advance her career or something yeah. like some some value in it that she gets out of which maybe is true but is also potentially very damaging and like oh, exploitative absolutely yeah. right and it's the kind of thing where the reason they use like phrases like statutory rape is right. the statute you know, dictates that it is rape. But I I also think like, you know, rape is sex without consent. Right. And somebody who is under the age of 18 cannot consent. So yeah, regardless they're, they're not, of yeah, cooperation, right. regardless of their assent, their right. verbal agreement to participate, right? Like the the legality of it is is important, right? And so yeah. like there's a lot of people actually who are really focusing to like change the words from like, because a lot of people, and I'm, like, sorry if this is overly. Feel free to skip to post the post the commercials if you if this is too upsetting for y'all. Should have said this earlier, but also y'all are a very empowered audience, and I believe you can skip when you when you need to. But yeah. changing words like sex with underage girls, where it's like, no, no, there's a different word for that, and there's one word, and it starts with an R, right? right. Where it's like this idea of like with underage girl. It's like no, no, that's not sex. That's right. assault because right. these people cannot consent right right and And for that to be such like a a seemingly trivial plot point in this i was like oh boy this is this is not an easy movie to watch it's not an easy movie to watch i do think that 
A of all, it was it was a different time, which is not to excuse it. I do think this movie, though, is leaning into that cringiness very intentionally. Yeah. I think the movie yeah. is specifically like it feels like you're stepping on attack. And I think that that is. Yeah, they're purpose. doing that on purpose. Yeah. And so in that sense, like in that sense, I'm not saying that it's like great, fun to watch, easy, but it's the kind of discomfort that feels very, and the movie slowly just becomes more and more and more uncomfortable. And so that's sort of like setting the frame for an already uncomfortable film. It's Yeah, it's really interesting because they're really daring you to to also blame Tracy Flick the way Matthew Broderick's character does, like the way that they've set it up where like the teacher is crying and talking about how he's in love with Tracy Flick and then as he's getting fired and you see, you know, we're seeing this through Matthew Broderick's like perspective for the most part. I know the internal voices are like all of them, but I feel like there, that is such a um, Matthew Broderick specific perspective that we're seeing that situation uh, be explained from that. It's like, I don't, it does feel like they're daring you to, to like blame or, I, I, think, I don't know. It's an interesting I almost kind of wish thing. I could like plug into my brain the first time I saw this film, which was, yeah. uh, again, I think I saw this in college for the first time. So probably like six, seven years after it came out. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen it since. I actually finding it in watching it this time, I found it to me, I I, I had almost no issues with, with Tracy. And I was like, she's hyper-focused and she's being, you know, exploited. But at the end of the day, like this is a movie about Matthew Broderick melting down and falling right. apart. And right. and I think that's perspective. I think mm-hmm. like I am such a like a feminist that mm-hmm. watching this film, I'm like, great, go off. Like oh, overly definitely. focused. Like, and so to me, I think it was in some ways easier to watch because it wasn't about like a who's in the right, who's in the wrong. It was like, watch this man fall apart while Reese Witherspoon holds it together with the exception of one act of sabotage that she engages in. Because she's literally a child and she's allowed to. She's literally a child. Yeah. Yeah. She is. And, you know, the thing that I also think is like so important to like contextualize and we're this is not what we're going to talk about in the research, but, you know, the 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 spotlight effect and the understanding of like, you know, when we think about. Ooh, remember in high school when so-and-so would break up with so-and-so and and it would feel like the biggest thing in your Mm -hmm. entire world. And like, it was the most important thing. Or like, for me, it was like waiting for the cast list to go up for, Mm -hmm. for the new like theater show for the new play. And like, that was all any of you and your friends could talk about. It was all you could think about. It was all you could, whatever. Right. This student Mm -hmm. council, like, I still remember the drama of the student council election. Right. Like, I mean, that does sound very dramatic. It was very, it, and to be honest, it wasn't a whole school voting, I should say. Like, it was not as dramatic as all that. We only voted within, like, people who participated in student council. So, like, I think there are a lot of people I went to high school with who have no idea who I was. Oh, who the okay. Interesting. Was. Okay. Probably 30 people voted. Right. Um. Anyways, I said, said but the the sort of spotlight effect and the the, like, myopia of being 17, you know, having done a lot of therapy and in, in a college counseling setting, right, where people are like, my grade in this class is the most important thing in the world mm-hmm. to me. So mm-hmm. I also think like that perspective on Tracy of being like, her whole life is high school. Yeah, that is her whole world. She right. doesn't have school and work and friendships outside of it and, you know, families and summer camps and like, she's got high school. And so mm-hmm. for that to be the absolute central focus of everything she has is developmentally appropriate. 
Right. Whereas the Matthew Broderick stuff, he's got a lot of stuff going on outside. He's obviously, and this is something we will, we will talk about. Like he is overly emotionally invested in Mm -hmm. the failure of this girl. He's, he's, Mm -hmm. you know, working really hard. And so like that to me, like, especially watching it again, I'm like, yeah, she is behaving appropriately. Right. Yeah. Some of it is like, she broke some rules and no, I don't think she should be like, expelled for like pulling down all the posters the night before. It seems like she pulled down all of everyone's posters too, by the way, because she's smart enough, right? Because it'd be a really bad idea. idea. She started by pulling down her own. Yeah, which was an accident. Which was an accident, but that's what sort of set off the whole thing. Anyways, um, but no, so I I, I don't know. Yeah, I think like she behaves in a normal and appropriate, again, the 17-year-old the who said to me, if we co- if we ran as co-presidents, sh- she would do all the work and I would just sit there, right? Again, as a but like, as adult, is, Was that kind of true, though? That, was that like a true statement or no? I mean, to be honest, I mean, I ended up doing all of it when I was the president. So, like, I did right, it. Right, right. So, like, no, that, I, yeah. from her perspective, I could see. And here's the thing. If we were co-presidents, that might have been true. Right. However... It was not that it was not that important, right? Like being the people who run the student right. council meetings that chooses what the like homecoming dance colors and theme are, or like. But to your point, probably drive. felt like probably felt like everything to her, you know. Yeah. At the time, if the stakes were. And I that. offered her half of everything. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, uh, wow, uh, I'm gonna have to send like a. a email and apologize in case she ever listens to this. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but no, like I think, well, let's, let's, let's very briefly summarize this. Cause we have a couple of minutes before we're going to take a break, but th- basically what happens is uh, the student in the student council election, y'all need to just watch the movie in the student council election. Tracy flick amps up her ambition to be the president. Uh, Matthew yeah, Broderick, she's like unopposed, right? At the beginning. She's unopposed. Matthew Broderick brings in Chris Klein, who's like this hunky, dumb quarterback, nice yeah. guy. Who has an and, injury, can't play football. And so he's like, oh, and so you he should. convinces him to run yeah. against Tracy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then his sister <laughs> runs. Yeah, there's as a well. whole like B plot. There's a whole with lesbian. <laughs> there's a whole lesbian plot, which I gotta say, kind of amazing the yeah, way fine. that they write this like queer plot in there where she's like kind of the renegade she's kind of the like anti-hero of the entire yeah. film and manages yeah to but you're like rooting for her. her you're really yeah. rooting for her she's kind yeah. of amazing yeah um and you're just here for her like loving women like yeah she, all she like, does is i don't just like i don't yeah. i subscribe to labels it's the person i fall in love with it just happens that all the people i've ever fallen in love with are women right <laughs> which i love um and anyways and so as this whole chaotic thing goes on it all comes down to this final election and a lot of stuff goes down matthew broderick like cheats on his wife with his best friend's ex-wife it's messy everything sort of bubbles and bubbles and bubbles to the top all comes down to the election where tracy wins by one vote which of course they showed that paul metzler chris klein chris chris klein yeah Mm -hmm. kevin klein and chris klein i always confuse the names chris klein voted for Tracy because he's right. so, it's like he's ultimately so he's like nice. it feels wrong to vote for to yourself. vote for yourself after you see Tracy vote for herself right um and uh she wins by one vote and uh Matthew Broderick throws two of her votes in the trash so Chris mm-hmm. Klein wins by one vote but one very earnest and honest uh student council member is like this is not wrong or this is not right the the things aren't added up 
uh, and a custodian brings the trash in where he threw away the two votes. There's like a very like brief scene where you see that Matthew Broderick like pisses off the custodian. Yeah, early a little on. bit. Yeah, early it's on. a very nice setup. Yeah, he upsets the custodian, uh, and Matthew Broderick loses his job over this mm-hmm. because he he loses his job, he loses his marriage, mm-hmm. uh, and he has to move to he moves to New York uh, and works in a museum. Um, yep. because he loses everything because of his like ire for yeah, like this guy who started out this movie seemingly having everything together, loving his job, loving his wife. There's like a lot of him talking about how like happy his marriage is, and then for just his like obsessive hatred to take over, and literally he destroys his own life. Like Tracy Flick doesn't do anything. Tracy to Flick him. doesn't do anything to him yeah he just kind of destroys his life because he's obsessed with not letting this girl this like child win this election which he becomes fixated on and it destroys everything right um and it's like all his own doing and even like the last scene he sees her in washington dc because she goes to georgetown because that was the plan and she's you know interning for some representative and she sees him uh, he sees her getting into a car with the congressman or senator or whatever and he's he's like his voiceover is like you know and i i felt i only saw her once and it was fine whatever but what you see is him throwing a drink at the car because it pisses him off so much yeah and like so it's just this interesting fixation that that he has yeah he's yeah. And she I, never thinks about him again. There's like she never her, thinks about her, him again. Yeah. She's like, also they, love, he left she, the school. She goes to and, Georgetown yeah. on scholarship right. and then gets there and she feels like it's a bunch of like overprivileged, like, you know, yeah, because she's who worked got into Georgetown. her butt off. She's to worked get her there. butt off and she's she's the same person in college as she yeah. was in high school. But I also like, especially growing up in a town not unlike this town, uh, you know, like to get to a university like Georgetown where you're coming from like a single parent home and she has to get there on scholarship. Like I, like she has to have this single-minded determination. Right. And it's really like, for me, the takeaway. And again, as a feminist, the takeaway is that all she's doing is her work and, and men cannot handle the success of women. No one's going to help you. So you get there yourself. Exactly. So after this break, we are going to talk about grit, grit and determination I'm going to talk about uh, the ways in which teachers bully students. Yeah. And we'll be right back. We will be right back. Hey, bye. Bye. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. 
Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go. Side note, we're back. We're back. We're back. Side note, whenever somebody says like, let's go as this like big, like, which is like a very right now thing that people say when they're excited. Have you noticed this? No. You haven't seen this? Is the youth? It's like the youth, but it's like, it's like sports people. It's like a very like straight guy thing to say, like when they're excited, when something cool happens, let's go. Like they say, let's go out of like, out of a, like a, not like a cheerleader. Let's go. Like, uh, and it always makes me think of that. Let's go. Brandon, like conservative chant. Mm -hmm. And so anytime somebody does that, I'm like, you voted for Trump. Like anytime (laughs) somebody says, let's go as like this, like big, you know what? I've been watching like. I just watched The Traitors on Peacock, which is y'all. If you like playing the game Werewolf or Mafia, watch The Traitors on Peacock. Is it good? I it takes like two episodes to really get in, but once you're in, oh my god! Did you watch them all? Yeah, I watched them all. I think this was five times better than them all. Really? I loved this show. (laughs) I loved it so much. Half of the people are reality stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw the trailer a bunch of times. Regulars, y'all. And you know from the beginning in t- the traders who the traders are, so you get just, to watch I mean, them scheme. It's it's Alan Cumming is the it's host, Alan right? Cumming. So it's like it's got to be good. It's so good. It's so good. Anyways, let's talk about this research. <laughs> let's talk, let's talk about, about this movie. Okay, so what came up for me was grit, and grit is let's just define it, Please. but. Uh, so this is really a, a personality trait that was mm-hmm. uh, pr- proposed by Angela Duckworth. And she's like this very famous researcher who wrote a book on this and uh, in 2007 uh, introduced this kind of concept. And it's basically, it's, you know, this personality trait level kind of construct about passion and mm-hmm. perseverance towards mm-hmm. long-term goals. So there's yeah. these two components to it. There is uh, perseverance of effort, you know, strenuous, effortful exertion towards your goal. Yeah. Um, even if things come up and consistency of interest. So that's this passion mm-hmm. piece, uh, striving towards gro- goals across an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. And so we see Tracy Flick very like yeah, beautifully encapsulate both totally. of these qualities. Um, and 
So that was what jumped out to me. I I love the concept of grit. Yeah. Um, I, think I love that definition. Yeah, it's it's great. And and uh Angela Duckworth, I think, has a TED talk. If you're not wanting to like read a whole book, she has like a great TED talk about grit. Um, but anyway, so it's been hugely studied in terms of grit and you know outcomes like what kind of positive outcomes does it have right and so and this has been in youth and adult populations so there's been studies that show uh you know a link between um academic achievement so yeah. higher grit higher academic achievement i mean that, um, i have to I, just the thought of grit i was like getting through grad school like requires totally requires that's where i learned about grit <laughs> i truly though like i yeah like, it requires such an intense level of like focus and effort that like yeah. you, you have over to time have grit not, not to pat our own backs, <laughs> but like <No. laughs> truly though, like it is. Yeah. Yeah. Continue, um, sorry. No, that's okay. So, it, but it, absolutely. So it's been associated with uh higher grit with uh like better psychological well being, mm-hmm. with um career performance and retention, mm-hmm. with growth mindset. That's like a big thing I learned about not in grad school, after yeah. grad school. Same. Um and so growth mindset, you know, really reflecting this idea that mistakes are allowed and that they are mm-hmm. learning opportunities mm-hmm. and they are not failure. And so you're, you know, you're seeing mistakes as opportunities to grow and you are in an environment that supports that yeah. mindset. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so so grit, I was like just what really uh, jumped out at me. And also like this, this thing that I've noticed since I learned about grit, which is there are gender differences, there are or sex differences, like there is definitely the way that grit and traditional gender roles mm-hmm. interact with one mm-hmm. another, there are differences. There is yeah. a interaction there. Um, we do, there's like one study that shows that like in, in children, um, girls report significantly higher grit than boys. Um, but really like uh, the other part of this is like what I call the, Hillary Clinton effect and yeah, the Anne yeah, yeah. Hathaway effect. Yeah. So um, it's basically you see women who are very highly ambitious and focused and qualified and yeah. high achieving. And you see low likability with, yeah. with these. And, and I, I think like Anne Hathaway and Hillary Clinton are two really good examples of people that are like that. Tracy Flick is another yeah. really good example where she's not, I think, what we were talking about before the break, like of we like her. And I think that's because of like the work that we've done or the relatability yeah. or like, you know, I think the way she's painted is unlikable in this movie. Yeah, yeah and, totally. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I was just really interested in that. And there's this uh, idea um, called the or model and a warmth competence matrix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. So I'm kind of like jumping around in my research. No, but, that's fine. But essentially, like this warmth competence matrix comes from the stereotype content model proposed by Susan Fisk, Amy Cuddy, other colleagues, like very famous psych- yeah, uh, yeah, psychology yeah. researchers. But basically, it's like how people perceive others. Mm-hmm. And so it's this this kind of two by two matrix where you have, you know, high warmth and high competence. People will perceive 
someone with high warmth and high competence, uh, like ad- with admiration, right. with high warmth, low competence, there will be this feeling of pity, mm-hmm. um, low warmth and high competence, there will be envy mm-hmm. and low warmth, low competence, there will be contempt. And so this is, <laughs> it comes, it's this matrix that, you know, it, it makes sense, right? But the reason I bring it up is because there seems to be a trade-off, especially for, you know, women who follow kind of traditional gender roles, like, um, and are pursuing uh, areas of leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a trade-off between competence and warmth. Yeah. And this does not exist for men who kind of fit traditional gender roles. Right. And so one of the studies um, that I looked into was basically how grit and academic achievement mm-hmm. inform hiring, like how mm-hmm. how right. they're able to be hired and yeah. and gender differences amongst those groups. And so we actually see there's a lot of research that shows that women earn better grades than men across levels of education. There's, yeah. there's studies that show that even in kindergarten, they're being rated as having better social and behavioral skills. Um, they just generally earn better grades than their male counterparts. Um, and the question here is, does that translate to higher ability? Right. Um, and so, you know, they're, they're higher ability as in the ability to be hired, not higher ability, right. right. Higher ability. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, you know, there's, there's a, a kind of a gender difference just in terms of perceived competence. Right. So like hiring managers will just perceive women as less competent than men. Um, and so, and they're less committed to their jobs right. and less likable than men. And so these are kind of documented stereotypes yeah, that course. women face uh, in the workplace. And so this study had two parts to it. One part was um, this author, uh, what's her name? Quadlin. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a study from 2018, uh, submitted over 2000 fictional job applications where they experimentally manipulated the GPA, um, uh-huh. gender, uh-huh. and college major. Uh-huh. And so they found that GPA did not really matter for men. Okay. Um, and so like you saw kind of the same levels, men with a C plus average were called back for an interview about the same rate as their A average, uh, you know, like counterparts. Uh-huh. Women had a U-shaped curve where the most callbacks or an, I guess an upside down one, the most callbacks occurred for women with B grades, moderate grades, and there was drop off for A's and drop off for, for C's. Woof. And so if you look kind of across all grades, uh, like men were called back more than women, but sp- if you're looking just at high achieving, so yeah, men and women with A's, uh, men are called back at a rate of two to two times more than women um, for oh my God. for these high achieving, like these high achieving, high grade people. So basically their women are penalized for having too high of grades. And well, and not only that, but you're now creating a, a an applicant pool 
where all the men have higher grades. Mm -hmm. So like where you've got where all of your A students that you're looking at are men. So it right. So if you're then by by self-selecting who you're putting into this, you're now maybe you're about to say this, but you're like creating like a system in which you're like, well, it's a meritocracy. He's got better, right. he's got better grades. Right. This is who we, you know, this is who we're really considering. And all the, you know, he's right. He's more, this is who he's gets the job. This Here's who gets the, the job because he's got A's. And they Ugh. found that this is especially the rate is actually three to one um for math majors. So when you're talking about STEM, um, that men are called back three times more than women uh, with A grades. And so y'all are listening to the podcast. My jaw just dropped. Yeah. Like literally this is, this study was so fascinating because I mean, there's this whole like other argument to be made about how academic achievement relates to hiring or just career period. That's Mm -hmm. like kind of a whole side conversation. Mm -hmm. But if we're just looking at the relationship between grades and uh, being called back for an interview and there are like these gender role based delineations mm-hmm. um, that's pretty like they're women are penalized for being too high achieving essentially and so what they did in the second part of the study is they did a survey with um, like uh, hiring managers mm-hmm. and they had to like they were randomly assigned to judge like two resumes mm-hmm. and um, so basically, men with high achievement were more likely than those with low achievement to be rated as very likely to be recommended for an interview. Uh-huh. Um, and women showed the same. So that was kind of like uh, different from the resumes. So they mm-hmm. actually like because from the resumes, that first part of the study, it showed just it didn't really matter at all. Right. Um, when you're actually asking someone to because they have more like. Um, bias towards justifying their response, like, oh, yes, yeah. good grades, right? Yeah. Um, but women showed the same U-shaped curve, and they had these quotes. Wow. They had these quotes about like um what their concerns were about the different applicants. And so, like when men were, you know, like with C plus grades or whatever, there was a lot of like, well, we'll have to have him come in and like see how it goes. Like, you know, it's not necessarily like that the grades will. Uh, you know, I like his experience or whatever. And then with yeah. women um, who had like very high grades, there was comments like quotes about being, well, we'd have to see if she's a good personality fit. We'd have to have her come in and see, yeah. you know, like she yeah. seems very ambitious. Like there was like literally quotes. God forbid. Yeah. And so um, she basically seems like, like a try hard. Right. And so God forbid she tries hard when they talked about, you know, these kind of open ended questions about like why you would or would not recommend someone for an interview for men. These themes of competence and commitment. Yeah. Oh, this 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 applicant seems really um, competent, really committed. Um, and then with women who were rated as likely to get an interview, likability came up and they would yeah. mention the likability factor. And that's where this kind of sweet spot of B grades help them because Uh it seemed like, oh, they seem like they'd be a good team player and, you know, work well with the rest of the team. And so those were the themes of the women who were rated as very likely to to come in for an Mm -hmm. interview or to be recommended for an interview. So achievements, not as important for women. It's likability. And so they have this likability, achievement, trade-off, this warmth, competence trade-off that men do not have uh 
there's no trade off for men. Basically. Right. Of course. Cause men don't have um, to choose. Exactly. And so That's bonkers. Yeah. So that is pretty horrible and makes me worried for Tracy Flick in this movie. But the other part of this, cause grit is, is been studied with so many. Well, let's like take a second. Do you have any thoughts about this before we like move on to the other No, side? I mean, I think this this like makes so much sense, right? Like I feel like we there's so many like the I love that you you use like a Hillary Clinton or an Anne Hathaway, right? Where it's like these women who clearly like people are like, she just she cares too much or she's too mm-hmm. ambitious or she's mm-hmm. too like whatever, right? Which like this idea, I always like uh Louis Fertel is um a really smart gay comedy writer who's like very much in the like he writes a lot about like uh, media and and entertainment and co- and he's you know comedy writer but he mm-hmm. specifically has like a lot of opinions about oscars and oscar winners and a lot of people have this like very negative opinion about Anne Hathaway because she feels like a try hard right and or i she do like think you know, she, in interviews she's like, she does seem right. to be trying very hard and louis vertel has a great point where he's like yes but show me a film where she's not excellent Exactly. Like I and think like it's, her job it's, is actor. Her job is totally. not stand there and be interviewed. But that unfortunately is part of what comes with the thing. And I've, you know, I I don't know Anne Hathaway, but like she's never not excellent. And right. so anybody like Anna Kendrick has a similar thing, a similar reputation. Kristen Bell mm-hmm. has a similar reputation of like she's she tries hard, right? And mm-hmm. it's the kind of thing where it's like, yeah, or like Kiki Palmer right now. People are like, oh, she'll take any job, and it's like. Cause that's her job. Like her job is entertainment. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, oh, she's, she, you know, she's an actor, but she's trying so hard to be famous or successful. And it's like, yes, that's correct. Like she's trying very hard. And I think why are you mad at it's, her? It's the openness to admit that too. Like I feel like yes. Hillary Clinton and Anne Hathaway, they're like, I don't know either of them. And I don't, that, but the reasons why people dislike them is what I have an issue with. Yeah. Because they don't know them either. Like it's like, the fact that when Anne Hathaway won the Oscar for Les Mis, she was like just really grateful instead of yeah. like, I don't deserve this. I can't believe like the, you know, Jennifer Lawrence, like bumbling kind of like, what? Yeah. I'm so awkward. Like she was like, yeah, I worked really hard. And, you know, this is such a great honor. And thank you. And like people were like, oh, I don't like that. Right. Like she's the Sally Field. You like me. You really like me. Yeah. Like it's it's, it's this yeah. this acknowledgement of. Yes, my hard work got me here and I like did try really hard and I wanted this and I got yeah. it and I'm so happy about it. Like, how dare you be happy about this achievement? How dare you openly want it right. to be president or to be, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's like you have to hide your ambition to be a likable woman. Yeah. And I think that that is what makes me so mad because there's so much additional mental effort that that requires like for you to like based on that study it's like you have to do worse in school to like be or i don't you you know you have to dumb yourself down to make yourself or if you have the grades right Mm -hmm. and you have these high like high grades you get in for the interview you better nail the personality part because they are watching for that yeah and with your male counterpart, they're not really paying attention to how they're coming off as much. But if you go in and you have really high grades, you better, you know, bring bring the humble, bring the the likability because otherwise you are not getting that job. Yeah. And that is just so much more stuff to do and balance. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. How, so I, I don't know how she does it. 
<laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh my god, that's a movie we should not do. No, but, let's not do that film. Um, I've actually never seen it, but we're not doing. I've it. never seen all. it either because I. It just haunts me. Just the poster, like the movie poster itself, just haunts me. So I'm like, yeah. I, I don't need to see that. Yeah. Um. Anyways, the other thing that I was looking at that I think is what you were also looking at was mm-hmm. like academics grit and social support yeah so there's some um studies that look at grit social support and academic achievement in high school um and basically you know support from parents and peers was Mm -hmm. related to um like grit so like higher grit was uh correlated with higher social support so i mean you see in this movie like tracy flick's mom is super invested and super supportive Mm -hmm. um and super involved um and it requires like a certain amount of like socioeconomic status social support mm -hmm. in order to be able to have a single-minded focus like you know what i mean like there is something we said when i was like oh to get through grad school like you really it really requires that but it also requires that because like we didn't split our attention between kids between I mean like we took out loans and things we and we were paid in in grad school for like rent and stuff but like we weren't also taking care of an ailing parent we weren't also like there's a lot of like totally and yeah that was something that my parents very intentionally were like yes go to school forever like we will make that happen for you yeah like however we can even though yeah that's uh, like loans whatever but like there was not the other components of like you need to like the um uh, real women have curves where they're like, why are you going to college? You need to help out with the you family need to help business. The family, right? right. Like she had grit and yeah. she had a lot of responsibility that yeah. still, that sort of had to preclude. And it wasn't until her parents got Americanized enough to believe that she should have an individual and single-minded focus. Right. Uh, listen to the but, real women have curves episode. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, there was this, uh, the social support from teachers. So there was a significant moderating effect. So people with high grit and support from teachers had higher academic achievement, but that was only through that support from teachers. Otherwise teachers was not like solely responsible for like a student's grit or academic achievement. Right. And I think that brings us to to a little bit. Yeah. Really nicely. So I actually uh, pulled uh, from an article called Bullying by Teachers Towards Students, a scoping review by Guskfri, Stone, and Fandrum uh, from the International Journal of Bullying Prevention, which is a mm. journal. Um, and so this study was like a, a big sort of like uh, systematic review of all of the, the different studies that they could find that looked at teacher-specific bullying. And... Um, you know, what it found was that the, the the reported, so in different studies, the prevalence rates of bullying from staff towards students varied between 0.6% to almost 90% in some studies. 90%. And they go through, this is actually a really interesting article. Y'all can find it for, for free. Um, but this article, they go through and they really do like a full breakdown on like the one in which they say 0.6% was like self-reported and the people collecting the data were teachers, right? Like there's a lot mm. of like, there's a lot of things. yeah. Um, and so they looked at like the the risk factors and the prevalence rates and all of those things. And they found that, um, you know, some of the risks of students being bullied by teachers are coming from a low income family. 
mm-hmm. uh, specifically showing that like a teacher is likely to be bullying where students are more likely to maybe misbehave or um, where a teacher is unable to control or stop the behavior. So in families where there's low levels of supervision, usually due to like parents working multiple jobs, doing those different things, uh, that students are more likely to, again, social support indicates better performance in general, right? And so like, you know, one of these things is like, those students are now even more at risk for bullying in mm. in schools. Um, they found that um, there's sort of the, it, it sort of falls into these two different categories, right? Teachers' beliefs about what constitutes good classroom management. So a lot of students use that bullying as a tactic to sort of like single them out in the class, right? If one student is talking, punishing the entire class is a form of bullying. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other is uh, just the teacher's abilities to how to handle classroom stress. So a lot of students were doing this in a reactive sort of standpoint, right? St- teachers are overly stressed and burdened and they use bullying as a tactic. They use insulting behavior. I remember in seventh grade, uh, my social studies teacher, I would often talk out of turn. I was often, I mean, I had undiagnosed ADHD <laughs> and again, this was a, this was always an issue, right? I was always told like talks in class, talks in class was mm. every single report card that had a behavioral component, right? Always. Now I have a podcast. Uh, but, and that teacher <laughs> started calling me in front of the class, JDD. Like he started, that was the nickname that he had for me. Uh, I remember seeing teachers in high school use all sorts of ways to single students out, um, to let students know that they're a lost cause, essentially, right? Like showing Mm -hmm. even just the ways in which you show your exacerbation toward a single student and not toward others, right? There are these sort of like, um, these like implicit rather than explicit bullying behaviors. Um, And that these like, uh, different kinds of bullying. There is ethnic bullying, right? We see mm-hmm. things like in France with like veiling laws. We see um, ways in which teachers are supporting like anti-trans laws and legislation right now. Um, there's a lot of different kinds of like cultural and ethnic bullying that that occur. Um, ways in which teachers talk about like masculinity, femininity, um, that like all of this is just sort of this ongoing thing. We've We've essentially built a system in which we punish students into success, but we don't punish all students equally Mm -hmm. and evenly, right? And so the way in which in this film, we see him essentially bullying her. We see him saying, this girl is too ambitious and I need to be the one to cut her legs out from under her when he's, of course, sort of the the main thing of this film is like, he's an educator, right? Like his job is to, and she is an A student who is dedicated to the work that he is wanting to do. And yeah, she shows up, she knows the answers. She wants to participate. Like what? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so like how we consider, and he chooses to go with the like dopey, Mm -hmm. nice, you know, straight white guy. Yeah. There's this like, this this resentment and this being like, who does she think she is? Who does she think she is? Right. Yeah. And this, and sort of the nature of the ways in which like the risks, like the, the kids that are the most vulnerable are in school are also the most vulnerable to be bullied by the staff. Mm-hmm. And, and that like, you know, we see students of color have a higher number of like locker searches and seizures, right? We have, I mean, we have police in schools, which we've talked a lot about police, um, but like yeah. almost every school in the United States has a police officer in the school, at least mm-hmm. hi- middle schools and high schools. Like the ways in which all of that um, kind of works is this like weird system. And so like, 
Um, the study was very broad. It was an international study. So this is actually a global phenomenon is what it was able to show. And like, you know, it's, it's hugely important to consider the ways in which, you know, all of this shows up. I had a, a colleague who moved to LA when we did internship, like, which is like residency. Uh, and she had two kids and she had to move her son to a different class because the teacher was mad that her son who had just moved there would want to see his brother who was in the next class. And she would like in front of the class be like, you are too old to need to do this right now. And so she had like my, my colleague had to move her son to a different academic setting because the teacher was bullying him by insulting him in front of the entire class and, and embarrassing. saying like, that's horrible. Yeah. And we use it all the time, right? Like teachers use like, are you a baby? Mm-hmm. Right. Especially with like early development and things like that. So I don't know. I just think it's an interesting thing to be thinking about. Yeah. It it highlights the, the impact that a teacher can have and to take that really seriously. Right. Cause there's, yeah. there's also lots of studies about like huge outcomes, like, or like beneficial outcomes that a single, you know, invested teacher can have on a student who has no other form of social yeah. support. Right. Like totally, it can go either way. And I just think like, you know, we also pay them nothing and overstress them and 100%. don't set them up for success at all. 100%. And so it's just like a horrible system. Right. In the same way that a police officer is not responsible for the broken justice system that we have. Right. A teacher is not, you know, uh, this is, you know, we make individuals the symptom of a much bigger problem. Right. And this big problem, unfortunately, like is not supporting the, the people that it's meant to meant to help. Absolutely. And there are, you know. And it's still like a huge responsibility that teachers have that they're not supported to. Of course. Prioritize. Yeah. Yeah. Truth. Yikes. Yikes. This was a good pick though. I feel like I, there's a, there's so many things here and it is because it's a black comedy. There's just like a lot to explore. And I think that was written intentionally and performed intentionally in that way to like highlight some of these just like, damn. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Great pick, Debbie. That's my <laughs> sister. Thanks, Debbie. Um, do we want to do a real quick guess off? Yes. For the next movie that we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. That I totally chose. That you totally chose. <laughs> okay, okay. So next week, uh, I wanted to do something lighter, uh-huh. more in our wheelhouse. Great. It's from 2004. Great. Um, it... So the tagline uh, is a comedy for the kid in all of us. Uh, it's it's not a good tagline. 17 again? No. What is it? Oh, that's close. <laughs> that's close. Oh, There's 13 an- going on 30. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. I love this. Yeah. I needed something lighter. <laughs> right. For- but I still think there's stuff to talk about here, probably. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so excited about this movie. I love this I movie. I know it I haven't by seen heart. It. I haven't seen it in probably like six months, so it's time. Yeah. Yay! Yay! <laughs> All right. Well, I'm super excited. Everybody who's listening is super excited. And that is going to come out as soon as we get it recorded. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I have been Dr. J.D. Barton. And I have been Dr. Joanna Whitkin. And Please. this has been another episode of Real Psych. Please like, rate, and subscribe. I jumped the gun there. And tell Um, a friend. Tell two friends. And we love you. We love you. See you soon. Bye. (laughs) Bye.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Welcome to Prime Video's Culture Rated Collection. This is the place where black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.